What's poppin' everybody? Welcome to Take 19 of Take It On, the mental health podcast for young men. I'm Jonah Jacobs here with my co-host, Reed Milkins, and we've got a real special episode for you guys today. Super excited to have on one of my closest friends from college and just a certified mental health for young men guru. Um, before we get into that, Reed, I want to hear all about how finals are going. It's been a, it's been a long time since I've had to do those. I've got my own kind of work stress grind, but what's it like being, it's like being final season. Um, not too crazy, to be honest. I only have two finals. Um, one, which I took last night. Um, I think it went pretty well. Honestly, not sure. Don't get my grade back until probably Sunday or Monday, but all in all, I feel I, I did the best I could to prepare myself for success, put myself in a position to, to get the grade I needed to get that A. Um, and then I got one more uh, this Friday night before I head home uh, Saturday morning. Before that, um, tomorrow I'm actually headed up to Cleveland, going to the Bulls versus Cavs game with a couple of my boys. Let's go. Uh, unfortunately, DeMar will be out, so that's – that's not too cool, but it'll still be a fun time. Looking forward to it. That's hype. I, I saw the Bulls game last night, and DeMar was out, and it was still still awesome. God, this Bulls team's great. I'm really happy. Uh, my friends and I decided to capitalize on, on our season tickets package. It's been so much fun to kind of be a fan again. Bulls are probably the team I'm most, most passionate about, besides maybe Michigan at the moment which has been fucking awesome. Uh, yeah, Reed. Big how 10 champs, college how football How was that watching Isaac? Uh, it was fun. Izzy wore blue because he is a coward. Nah, just kidding, Isaac. But you, you, he was smart, smart. We, we were, he, was in, he was in deep in the uh, enemy territory. I totally understand the rationale. It was a great time. Isaac knew it was going to happen. He's got a, got a pragmatic head on his shoulders. He knew yeah. it was going to be a blowout. Michigan was going to wipe, wipe the floor with Iowa. But yeah, yeah, good weekend all around. I had my my uh, my work party, black tie event. Got to bust on a tux for the first time since uh, senior prom. That was really fun. Super cool to uh, get to know my coworkers better in the the virtual environment and do so in a non work atmosphere. I think it's really important for really establishing those kind of relationships. Still super excited to get out to DC in a week. Yeah, I haven't been there since eighth grade and, you know, probably where my professional future is going to be. So, yeah, looking forward to that. It's been a really busy, tiring few uh, few days since and weeks since Thanksgiving. The booster kind of knocked me out, but ready, ready to finish, uh, finish the year on a high note. It is my absolute pleasure to welcome an absolutely dear friend of mine, Mac Riallo. Welcome to the show, man. Thank you, Jonah. I am so honored to be here. It's going to be amazing. I, I really appreciate your enthusiasm and willingness to join. I have conveyed this to you in several uh, conversations before, but I mean, you're probably the most instrumental figure in my 
my own personal mental health journey and the creation behind take it on would not be possible without the, uh, personal growth in so many facets of my life that, that you influenced, uh, you made such a large impact as a positive way in my life. And over the course of college, particularly, uh, particularly a, a challenging senior year for me. So thank you, Mac. And just so excited for you to share your wisdom with the world. Dude, Jonah, I hope you know how much that means to me. And I hope you know that it is fully reciprocated. It has been amazing to have you as such a close friend in my life. And yeah, you have really shown me the ropes in a lot of facets of my life as well. So thank you. I appreciate it, man. So give the, give the audience a little bit on, on your background as it relates to your journey to Michigan and just how, how wellness has played a rather large role in, in your college life. Yeah, absolutely. So I've had general anxiety my entire life and depression in the last couple of years. Um, so, but I was pretty unaware of either of those things for most of my life. And growing up, going through high school, I started to paint um, in one of my art classes and it became an outlet for me. Um, during one of probably the toughest times of my life was when my parents split up and it was a huge outlet for me to be able to just express my emotions creatively, something that I had never learned once in my life before. Um, the ability to express my emotions was something that was completely foreign to me. Um, and it wasn't until going through hardship that I realized the importance of it. Um, and in doing so, I became a much lighter person. And I ended up coping with my anxiety and depression um, with weed for a couple of years of my life. Um, I'm sure that's relatable for a lot of our listeners. Um, and my mom turned me on to meditation eventually. And she was like, you should really try this. I bet she would really help you. And it's been night and day ever since I started meditating. Um, I've been sober for a while now. I mean, I, in terms of weed and drugs, I've been sober, but had the occasional drink, you know. Um, Screwball, peanut butter flavor. <laughs> that's a little much. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. Um, but yeah, I followed my dreams in terms of becoming an artist. Um, I got into art school at Michigan and uh, going into it, I was pretty unsure whether I was going to follow through with it. Um, but then I realized this is something that I love to do. Why not pursue it as deeply as I can? Um, which led me to my journey with masculinity um, and my undying, relentless, um, hopes and passion for men's mental health. Um, yeah, it all started with exploring my own journey of what it means to be a man to me, um, and sort of upending and investigating a lot of the tropes that I have subscribed to sort of religiously my entire life and also aimlessly without realizing that these are things that I could no longer subscribe to if I don't need to. Um, and meditation and my artistic practice has been crucial to my mental health journey um, and to this journey of redefining and undefining what it means to be a man to me. Um, 
in a lot of different ways. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the general background on who I am and what, what has led me to this point in my life thus far. Mac, I would love for you to walk us through kind of the, the realizations and practical, um, ways that you input your new understanding of masculinity into your life. Totally. Yeah. So it started with, um, a general exploration through my painting practice. Um, and it started with me not really realizing for the longest time that I was just going through the motions in terms of masculinity. Um, and it's like little things like not wanting to be the little spoon in a relationship. Um, little things like that's sort of what started the journey. And then once I started to develop um, and really investigate all these different tropes, it became bigger topics like male grief. Um, you know, how do we explore grief as men? And how do we understand what it means to explore that grief? Um, it can be really difficult because as a general statement, as men, we are taught that we do everything alone um, and that we are supposed to go through it all alone. But that is an incredibly um, challenging thing to do that's not sustainable. Um, and it's been through exploring these ideals through my art practice that I've begun to give myself permission in my personal life to do these things. So for example, one of these paintings um, is me laying there in bed and reaching out for help um, by myself. And it's sort of this, this explanation of, you know, this is something that I'm sure many men can relate to. Um, and then the next series, uh, the next painting in the series is one of my closest friends has his arm around my back. And it's me laying there with his arm around my back. And it's supposed to exemplify that he is here for me. I asked for help and he is here for me, um, which is something that as men can be really, really uncomfortable. Well said, and your brilliance continues to amaze me. I think that you identified a really important aspect of the toxic attributes that are just a really important aspect of toxic masculinity, which is the vicious cycle that various attributes of toxic like masculine behaviors create combined with the feeling of having to go through it alone. Uh, you, I feel like so many young men especially, you know, ones that are, are a little bit disillusioned by some of the behaviors that have bad experiences with some normalized uh, masculine tropes, uh, locker room talk or binge drinking, you know, kind of medicating with drugs, gambling, all we could go through the, the gambit. Those are pretty macro. There are several micro level behaviors that I'm sure we could identify as well. And when you have um, grief or self-doubt or like anxiety or depression about those behaviors that you um, that led to a poor interaction. I feel like so many men feel like they have to go through that alone in order to process it. And mm -hmm. I, I'm not going to dive into it, but I, I, I remember so vividly uh, just how, how you supported me during an example 
of when that happened to me uh, second semester, and it just made all all the difference in the world. And I I think that such a valuable first step in uh, confronting men's mental health and uh, or embracing men's mental health, confronting some of these poor behaviors is really establishing that first step of it is okay for men to be vulnerable and and seek help. Um, and and so I love that that is you know and an, a way in which your art kind of exemplifies and expresses that value and hopefully take it on does as well. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think it can be really, really challenging to take that first step, to take it on as you all are exemplifying for all of us. Um, And it's so, it's, it's like a, it doesn't make any sense because once you take that first step, it becomes infinitely easier to take the next step. And another and another but without knowing what it's like to actually be vulnerable it can feel paralyzing absolutely um speaking of first steps and i don't want to necessarily sidetrack uh what i think is just a phenomenal conversation we're having right now but i feel like it will dovetail uh nicely into these themes which is walk us through the first step in your in embracing your meditation practice i know your mom turned you on to it and I, I, I'm so excited to hear the night and day difference. Uh, I'm currently learning uh, a particular meditation practice because of just how I, I'm sure you'll identify the differences as like obvious that, you know, just given the transformation that embracing meditation can give oneself, it's almost like a no brainer, no pun intended. Uh, and so I, I would love for you to kind of walk the audience through what it was like to begin meditating, how you overcame any uh, hurdles in terms of like adopting it as, as a regular practice and then just the transformative benefits you've experienced with it. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll start with my, um, basically my beginning with it and how I got it it to be a regular practice for me. Um, so I started with the calm app, um, and I did their seven day free trial and I, (laughs) it's kind of funny, but I, had never experienced that true sense of calm before. Um, this ex- this weird sense of just pure presence. Um, and it's something that I had never even knew existed prior to meditating. Um, and I eventually just started to continue to meditate um, through guided meditations through the Calm app. And Uh, At first, it was a very sporadic practice. It wasn't every day or anything like that. Um, It was maybe a couple of times a week and whenever I felt like it. um, And I think that's how you start sort of any habit. And I know Jonah and I have talked about the book Atomic Habits by James Clear. Um, He has one rule um, in his book that has really stuck true with me, um, and it's called the two-minute rule. Um, If you really want to start a new habit. Yeah try it for two minutes a day. Um, don't over pressure yourself to do 10 minute meditation every single day. That can feel like a lot. And it is a lot for new meditators. Um, so try two minutes, even try 30 seconds, 10 seconds. If that's all you can handle, um, try to do it every day though. And for a very short amount of time, then you keep your expectations low. Um, beyond that, if say day five, you feel like sitting for five minutes, do it. 
sit for five minutes and, but keep your, um, your meditation expectations at two minutes and do that for about two weeks or so. Um, and by then the habit will have formed that you are a meditator. You are someone that meditates every single day. Um, and then you can begin to amp up the time um, that you choose to meditate if you choose to do so. If two minutes is working, stick with two minutes. Um, and that's basically the mentality that I had going into meditation. Um, and I think it's for a lot of people, it can they can feel the pressure to become an expert meditator immediately. Um, and I think that is a, it's sort of contrary to meditation itself. Um, just having the ability to non-judgmentally go about your life can really do wonders for your life. Um, so that is my advice for beginner meditators. Um, but for me, yeah, my, my night and day journey um, has been from someone who was very much not centered. Um, I like to describe meditating and myself after I've meditated or while meditating as a centered person. And I think that can be, um, I guess, misleading to some people um, and can be confusing. Um, but the way I like to describe it is it is a time or a feeling in my life where I am disconnected, not disconnected, but I am separating my thoughts and my feelings from myself. Um, I think before meditating, I would go along with my thoughts and my feelings as if they are me. Um, and then after I started meditating, it became clear that, that these are not me. They are simply things that I am experiencing. Um, and that is something that I struggle with on a daily basis to be perfectly candid. Um, I catch myself every single day, countless moments throughout the day, um, going along with my thoughts, going along with my feelings as if they are me. And that's really the beauty of meditation is that it's a practice that you can do every single day, every single moment. Um, and as you begin to meditate more and more, you can really start this practice of non-reactivity where you're not necessarily reacting to the thoughts and the feelings um, that are happening as opposed to just letting them be. Um, so yeah, that's, that's my meditation journey and the advice I have for you all listening. That's brilliant. Wow. Uh, right, right before you got into kind of your, your night and day, as you explained it, I was planning on asking you, um, you know, a lot of people talk about how meditation is very transformational and without me even asking, you kind of gave the perfect answer that I was looking for. Um, that's, that's really Great. Um, I love the way that you describe uh, being centered and the separation of you from your thoughts and your feelings. Um, as you mentioned that, I kind of, it stuck out in my brain that you said my thoughts and feelings. It's like, there's something that belongs to you, but you're right. They are not you. They are something that are yours and they're a part of you. But to be able to separate yourself from that, um, that seems like such an incredible result of quite a bit of meditational practice. Um, and, you know, it's, 
I assume taken quite a bit for you to get to that point, starting from the maybe 30 seconds a day. Um, but if someone were to, you know, be struggling with separating themselves from that, they just feel like their thoughts and feelings at all times consume them and they, their self-esteem and the way they view themselves are kind of based strictly off of that. Meditation seems like a fantastic strategy to be able to separate that and kind of give yourself a little bit of freedom from your own mind. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think it's incredibly important to be easy on yourself the entire time that you are meditating um, from the very first day to the current day. It can be very easy to get hard on yourself and think that you're not doing it right, whatever that means to you. Um, and I think being able to take a deep breath and recenter yourself again and again and again is an incredibly influential practice. Um, and it's something you can do throughout the day. You don't even need to sit down and sit in your meditation pose, whatever that is. Um, you can just take a deep breath. Um, and what I think is really cool about this separation from your thoughts and your feelings is you begin to feel more in control of your thoughts and feelings. And then once you feel in control, you can start to use them positively to influence your life. So an example of this is you could say to yourself, let it go, Mac. When you get frustrated about something, you can positively influence yourself and say, let it go. You can um, repeat a mantra to yourself. I, I like to say, I am enough. Um, or if it works better for you, I was, I was reading this book called Chatter by Ethan Cross. Um, yeah, I'm reading that right now. That's awesome. Oh, no way. Yeah, I love how, because I was going to say, I love how you said, uh, let it go, Mac. You know, the, the psychological distancing. Uh, yes. Yeah, awesome. Sorry, keep going. No, I was, I was literally just about to go into the, the, the um, distancing aspect of chatter, um, which is being able to distance yourself from your thoughts and your feelings. And a great way to do that is to call yourself by your name in the third person. Um, so you could say, you are enough, Mac. Um, and the psychological benefits from that have been proven through various studies um, in chatter in this book by Ethan Cross, um, who happens to be a psychologist at the University of Michigan, which I was unaware of while I was there, which I'm a little bummed about. <laughs> but um, yeah. That's awesome, dude. I, I'm glad you're reading this too. Like I, like as soon as I'm done with this, that's definitely, I want to, I want to reach out to, to Dr. Cross and see if he would like to join the show. That would be a really mind blowing conversation. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, I want to, um, I want to connect every, every just ounce of wisdom that you're sharing to, uh, our, our young male audience that is, uh, perhaps, um, still in college or maybe high school in that what something that I always looked up to you so, so mightily was how you were able to embrace these thoughts and activities as it relates to improving your mental health in college. For me, it was, it, it required COVID and like an interruption to my kind of typical, typical life uh, to realize that I was 
unhappy um, and dissatisfied with what you were describing at the very beginning of the episode, some of these masculine tropes that are just very toxic. And like you said, that we kind of accept without questioning. And um, I want, I want you to provide some perspective and advice on, you know, how our, our kind of student listeners who are constantly saturated with this, whether that's reinforced through just kind of who they interact with social media, et cetera, how they can kind of strategies that they can use to confront that and, uh, yeah, that makes sense. Totally. Yeah. Um, I think one of the biggest things you could, you could do is surround yourself with people like you, Jonah, that accept you for who you are. And when I say who you are, I mean, who you are at your core, not necessarily the front that you have put up or the mask that you wear, because we all wear them. I wear a mask every single day. And I think one of the most important things is to surround yourself with people that support you. Um, and for me, I feel very blessed that I was able to do that uh, when I studied abroad in Ireland and I began this entire masculinity journey through my artwork. I was surrounded by teachers, by my peers who were incessantly supporting my journey. Um, and without that, it would have been very, very difficult to go along with this journey um, and come back to a very masculine heavy energy um, at the University of Michigan being in a fraternity, um, I know how hard it can be to be your true self in a fraternity as a male. Um, and I think it's been an incredible journey, um, also a very, very difficult one. So I first wanna say, I feel you to whoever is listening that is struggling with their own masculinity and embracing their true selves right now. Um, I've been there, we all have been there um, and it can be incredibly difficult. So I think one of the most important things, like I said earlier, is surrounding yourself with people. If you're not immediately surrounded by people that can support you for who you are, try and find someone that is um, or who can. If you're at school and maybe your fraternity isn't exactly the people you want to be surrounding yourself with, it doesn't mean you have to break out of them and never talk to them again, but it can mean that you choose to spend one day a week with a different bubble. Um, find a club that embraces who you are, um, where you can be your true self. And maybe it's a family member Maybe it's someone else that's outside of your immediate circle, um, but have those conversations, have those vulnerable conversations with someone who can be there for you non-judgmentally. Um, I think that's my greatest point of advice um, right there for anyone who is struggling with their own masculinity. I love that. I, it resonates a lot with me, especially as it relates to how I uh, was, you know, involved with debate all throughout college until COVID interrupted uh, my senior season. And I, I look back now out of college, and I don't like to have regrets. And I don't even, I wouldn't even consider it a regret, more of a kind of learning moment in terms of how much I value my intellectual self. But I. I look back and really 
take inventory on how much I sort of let, I think kind of masculine tropes about being like a debater, uh, you know, versus like an athlete or something like that kind of affects how I embrace debate. And when I got a little bit more mature as I grew throughout college, how much my other community in debate really mattered to me as an intellectual enclave to be a little bit more of my true self and, and who I, you know, the ideological beliefs that I hold and my professional pursuits. And I definitely encourage everyone listening to, to, to you know, to do the same and not shy, shy away from that. Cause it's so easy to, it's so easy to fall into these uh, kind of, I don't know, like masculine, like traps, but just like the, like the norms and the stereotypes um, and being your authentic self is just so important. Yeah. And I think it can be really, really difficult. Um, at the same time, we all have that internal feeling that this isn't right, that this isn't who I truly am. Um, I know I felt that constantly. Um, and it's, it's sort of a, a gut feeling. I don't really know how else to describe it other than a gut feeling. Um, but if you were feeling that, find someone to share that with. And if the first person you share it with isn't necessarily or doesn't respond how you would have loved, um, try someone else. And I know that can be incredibly difficult. Um, I have thankfully been very blessed with the people that I've shared myself with because a lot of them have been incredibly supportive of who I am now um, and who I'm becoming, constantly striving to become my true self. Um, so, yeah. Awesome. I think all those notions are super important. And honestly, when, when we do talk about these masculine traps or masculine stigmas, it can mean a lot of different things to a lot, a lot of different people. So honestly, it doesn't matter what it means in the context of what each of us are saying individually, whatever that means to you and whatever you're struggling with, that's, that's all that really matters. Because at the end of the day, everyone's struggles are different. Everyone goes through their own types of battles with, you know, their everyday self and their pursuit to find their true self. So whatever it is that you're struggling with, try and look for those few different ways that you can improve that. Maybe it's meditation. Maybe you find a liking to art, or as we spoke about uh, in the past episodes, finding a sport, just doing some exercise, any type of thing you can do to kind of center yourself and just improve your situation and make yourself feel better. Totally. And by and large, I think that it's important to kind of get it. I think what you were alluding to read, which is like, um, in the majority of cases, some of these like behaviors and activities, it's not like, it's not so black and white that they're either good or bad. Uh, it depends on, on who you are. It's just, I think really important to recognize that if you feel that this is not you, despite everyone else participating in it or believing it or doing it, 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 it's important not to just accept it and not feel empowered to change it or feel empowered to be the person you are if that goes against it. Recognizing your uniqueness and when it cuts, like when it goes against the grain of what's kind of considered a normal male behavior, but it just totally, you know, is debilitating for your mental health. And it's important to act on it and, and implement those strategies that you both have, have discussed. It all comes back to the gut feeling, just like Max said. 
totally. And if you want to improve that gut feeling, check out Take 15 with Dr. Drew Ramsey, who discusses nice kombucha read, uh, all the important foods to uh, feed your microbiome and foster that healthy gut connection. Along those lines, Mac, um, as a practicing uh, vegan, I am curious if you can share some other kind of wellness behaviors or advice you, you'd like to uh, kind of give the audience that, you know, have just are valuable to your, your day-to-day and, and important for your, your health. Yeah, totally. So one of the things that popped up into my head um, that I completely blanked on mentioning earlier, but it has been an incredible resource for me is journaling. Um, the ability to just release all of these thoughts that are up in your head and let them out without necessarily needing a response. Um, if you can't find anyone to talk to, go ahead and write, pick up a pen, go on your phone and your notes. Um, I was using wellness before um, they stopped development. Um, I know you had Tommy on earlier from wellness. And that was a Shout great out Tommy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, being able to journal has been incredibly helpful. Um, and I think earlier in, in one of the podcasts, Jonah, you mentioned um, one of the things you do, um, which is write down a couple of things you're grateful for um, at the end of the day or in the morning or whenever you find time to do it. Um, that's something I've been doing for about a year and a half now. And it is so awesome to be able to, I, I, it's less about what's what I'm necessarily grateful for and more about what has made me smile throughout the day, um, which I guess are, are essentially the same thing. Um, but being able to reflect on what has gone well in your life is very influential to my own mental health. Um, and so, yeah, I would say journaling is a huge um, resource that has been incredibly helpful for me. Um, and I sort of treat this like those couple of things a night as journaling. Um, and then beyond that, um, some mental health things. I mean, I think exercising, you guys touch on this every episode, exercising is incredibly helpful to get those endorphins going to clear your mind. Um, meditation as always, I think is incredibly helpful. Um, finding things to do that allow you to be your true self is very, very helpful. Um, and a lot of the times that's alone. Um, for me at least. And I think that's okay to have those alone times. If you are in college right now and you're listening to this, it can be very difficult to find alone time. If you live in an, an environment where you're constantly surrounded by people, don't be afraid to go to your room for 10, 15 minutes and do some yoga or read or meditate, whatever it is, even just lay there and listen to music. It can be very helpful to just recenter yourself and and become aware of what's bouncing around in your head, what's what's emanating throughout your body with in terms of feelings, um, and just becoming aware of that can be very helpful. And I was just listening to I think um, one of the the men's outfitters guy I forget his name, um, but he said something very interesting, which was something that I totally agree with, which is being able to check in with yourself throughout the day on a daily basis is incredibly important because otherwise 
those things will start to build up. And when they build up, it becomes harder and harder to address them um, as opposed to addressing things as they arise. Um, and I think meditation helps an incredible amount to be able to do that, to check in with yourself. Um, but I think that's all I got in terms of advice for tips and tricks um, for checking in with your mental health. Love it, man. Absolutely love it. All right, Mac, this has been awesome. Let's, uh, let's play a little game of taking on trivia. Uh, what your favorite books are, favorite TV movie, favorite your, your role models, and uh, any mantras or quotes that, that you live by. Awesome. So I'll start with books. Um, right now I'm reading, it's, it's a lot easier for me to talk about the books that I recently have read or are currently reading because I'm so invested in them right now. Um, but right now I'm reading Man Enough by Justin Baldoni. And I think anyone listening to this podcast would greatly benefit from reading this book. He breaks down his entire journey with masculinity from not feeling strong enough to his addiction with pornography, everything in between white privilege, everything he's dealt with um, in terms of masculinity and its intersections throughout the world. And he is incredibly vulnerable and it gives you permission to be your own self, um, to, to go through these things internally um, and address them. Beyond that, um, Chatter was a great book. It is all about the voice in our heads. Um, and it's a very interesting um, take on the chatter in our minds. Um, it essentially will take you through different techniques um, to work on the chatter in our brains, to benefit from it. Um, and he also provides scientific evidence that from studies that he has done and from other studies um, that other people have done to prove the benefits of these techniques that he is um, implementing and pushing and encouraging. Um, so that was a great book. Beyond that, if you are interested in meditating um, and understanding our internal energies and sort of the voice in our heads as well, I think Untethered Soul by Michael A. Singer is an incredible book. Um, it can be very meta at first, the first read through. Um, I would say just trust what he is saying and see if you can implement those things into your own life. Um, and yeah, um, beyond that, beyond books, I don't really watch very many, very much TV or movies. You just need to watch Game of Thrones again, and then you'll be back. <laughs> yeah, Game of Thrones is a great show. Um, yeah, the last couple of years, ever since college, really, I haven't really been watching much. Um, I just, I like to either lay there in bed and do nothing, or I don't know. Um, but yeah, what were the other, what, what were the other questions? Who do you look up to? Role model. Role model. So my older brother, definitely. Um, and both my older brothers for different reasons. Um, they both are their own person. And I think that's what brings us all together um, as a family. Um, 
And I think being able to see them take on their own paths um, and just get out of school and basically do essentially what they want with their lives um, and unapologetically do that, I think is a blessing. Um, and it's also something to look up to. Um, and seeing them be able to be their authentic selves, no matter who they're around, um, is something that I am trying to emulate in my own life. Um, and Jonah, you have done this constantly in your life. And it's something that I look up to. Um, you are that. just, you're genuinely you. And I hope the listeners, I hope it reads through. I'm sure it does for all the listeners. Um, but Jonah is an incredibly authentic person. And it rings true constantly. He is his loud self and, <laughs> and amazing. And you are someone that has consistently paved the way especially in terms of masculinity, um, being your true self unapologetically has given me permission to do the same in my life. Those are some wonderful parting words. All right, from Take 19, we're out of here. We'll see you guys next week. Deuces.